Welcome to Pixel Pizza. Did she say pizza? Your ultimate source for chiptunes, video game talk, and pepperoni. Delivered to you from Los Angeles and into the digital cyberspace of the 2020s. Pizza power! That's right, when super giant pizza. I want a large, thick crust with double cheese, ham, pepperoni. Hey, where's my pizza? Pizza time. Welcome back to the Pixel Pizza Podcast. You just listened to our chiptune track from our artist of the week, Mobicio, and that was called Stages. So hope you enjoyed that one. And now I am very excited to be speaking to this week's guest. I'm pretty sure this is the final episode of the year, so we're going to end it off with a bang. No pressure whatsoever. <laughs> and uh, this week's guest recently put out her first major game as a solo dev in Stars and Time, the Time Loop RPG from Insert Disc 5. This is Adrian Bazir. How are you doing, Adrian? I am doing good. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. So, Adrian, when in your life did you know you wanted to make games? Oh, <laughs> very young. I feel like when I was in middle school, that was already something that I was planning on doing, mm. uh, just because I was playing so many games uh, all the way back to middle school. And I actually went to college uh, for to, to do game design. Uh, I ended up switching to animation after a year, but that was, like I was in it. <laughs> mm. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so I did animation and then I just didn't think about video games except for playing them for a really long time. Uh, and then the pandemic happened and I was bored. Sure. <laughs> and so that's how that's how I ended up going into games, just boredom, the pandemic <laughs> boredom. <laughs> yeah, definitely. A, I, it was a time for rediscovering your passions. Absolutely. Yes. So... Then your first game was Sarah, the visual novel, right? Oh, yes, actually, yes. Uh, so that was actually in uh, 2017, if I remember correctly. Oh, really? Uh, yes, and that one was uh, was also because I was bored, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and uh, just because I was on itch.io and they were um, there was a game jam uh, that was gonna last, I think, one month, one month or two months. I can't remember. Uh, but I, but I was thinking that it could be, it would be a, a, a good enough, like a, a long enough amount of time that it would make me, like that that I would be able to learn how to make video games. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> like, say that's yeah. very lenient for a game jams. Yeah, I was like, you know what, I can learn how to make a game in that amount of time instead of having to learn how to make a game and like. 24 hours yeah. or whatever <laughs> obviously it turned out great got a lot of acclaim yes uh so I'm, I'm glad that people liked it uh and so that was actually yeah my first my first try into video games that was while making Sarah and so that was a visual novel 
And then uh, for my next game, which was start again a prologue, um, which was kind of a proof of concept for uh, In Stars and Time, like prototype mm -hmm. proof of concept, uh, which is the one that I made in 2020. And then In Stars and Time, which came out back in November. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And I know Start Again started as a comic. What was it like sort of adapting that into a game? Oh, yes. Uh, so that comic, I, I was making small comics around this character uh, stuck in a time loop, the character who ended up being Sifrin, the main character of the the games. Um, and so that was that was really interesting because back then when I made the comics, I didn't intend to make them into a game. Uh, but I still had put enough little things and little details in those comics that I ended up using them as kind of a, a Bible of sorts, mm -hmm. like a show Bible, where it's like, oh, well, I drew I drew those kinds of characters in the backgrounds. Maybe I could uh, actually put them in there. Oh, I, I put the character into this kind of uh, grassy fields maybe it should be an important place when I come back to oh this character comes back like appears in this comic maybe it should be an important character somehow so that was really really interesting to use the um, uh, the original comics as a, a basis for the for the games sweet yeah and then turn-based RPG was kind of pretty easy to figure out with sort of the the way the comic was going Oh yeah, like if I like I knew, like I I didn't have in mind that I was gonna make a a game out of it, but I was like, if I do make a game out of it, like it has to be a turn based RPG, <laughs> totally. like like in the old times for sure. <laughs> yeah, what games do you remember playing in the old times that really stuck out with you? Um, I know everyone says Earthbounds. That my game reminds me of uh, reminds them of Earthbounds. Uh -huh. But it's it's Mother Three. Get uh, it right. Get it right. Yeah, Mother get three. it right, listeners. Come on. <laughs> get it right. Press. Uh, but <laughs> but yeah, like I actually, uh, I think it's thanks to Smash Brothers. But I was like, this character, this little character, seems cool. I want to know more about him. Uh, and uh, I knew that Earthbound and Mother Three were in the same series, but Mother Three was more appealing to me at the time. Uh, and I finished it, and I, I loved it. I, I cried my eyes out. Um, but and and then I was like, I, I should I should actually try Earthbound. But what no one tells you is that going from Mother Free to Earthbound, uh, battle wise, it's not great. Oh yeah, I feel like Mother Free just the the whole being able to do combos by pressing the A button in time with the music is such a wonderful uh, gameplay mechanic. Uh, that is straight up not here in Earthbound. And I was like, well, I <laughs> I don't want to do it then because that was my my favorite gameplay thing about Mother Free. So I don't yeah. want to. I want to play Earthbound if it doesn't have the 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 music combo. <laughs> I had when I started your game, I had just gotten done playing the remake of Mario RPG. Oh and yes, so that mm -hmm. was so fresh in my head. Yeah, I, I actually have not played it because uh, I, I was more navigating towards uh, like the most important RPG game to me, uh, to, to my little heart is uh, Tales of Symphonia. 
So oh. that was that was the one that was a really big inspiration. And they're never gonna Vigil's gonna make remasters. They're never gonna make a remake. But if one, but but they should. Oh, they, they should. absolutely should. Yeah, they should make a remake. That would be so good. And they know it's like the fan favorite because yeah, they keep remastering it. Exactly. Yeah. As a solo dev, what would you say are your favorite and least favorite aspects of making games? Uh, my favorite, my my least favorite aspect is coding, and my favorite aspects are everything else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I also I also don't like playtesting, but that that makes sense. Uh, oh yeah, like, um, to me, coding is very similar to um, to math in school, and by that I mean that that it's it's awful. I hate math. But when you when you figure it out, then it's very good. I just don't figure it out often enough for me to start liking it. <laughs> uh, just I that was and that was a big part of why I I switched majors back in college because I was like, oh wait, game design means learning how to code. Oh yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, so. Um, so yeah, that's also why I, I navigated towards uh, RPG Maker as a software, uh, because there's definitely a way that you can code, uh, add code into uh, into your game, um, but you can also make a game without knowing how to code at all, uh, and I, I really like that about that software. Um, and uh, and then when it became kind of impossible to to figure out how to fix something without coding. Uh, thankfully, at that time, I was already working with um, Armor Game Studio as my publisher. Uh, and so they helped me find uh, an additional programmer, uh, Isabella Ava, who really, really helped me out. I could not have done it without her. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. How did yeah. you come into contact with your publisher? Um, If I remember correctly, uh, my... My producer Dora was following me on uh, on Tumblr for a while, mm -hmm. uh, and then saw that I had released the prologue, and was like, "Hey, so I I, I see that it's called a prologue. Mm -hmm. Or do you have something else in mind?" And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes." Uh, and so um, that's kind of, that's how we we started working together. That Dora was interested in, uh, like really like the prologue, and was like, "Well." we're here if you want to maybe make another one uh so that was uh that, that was e that was really easy for me i thanks to dora that was really easy wow, for me to yeah. get a publisher because she's the one that came to me and not <laughs> me being like does anyone maybe want to help me so that was that was wonderful yeah <laughs> that's great saves you a lot of s sending around emails oh yeah sending around emails trying to figure out how to write uh pitch or yeah. all that stuff like i skipped all of that so i'm very grateful <laughs> for sure so yeah i think one of the things that strikes me about in stars and time and you sort of touched on this earlier with ways you were sort of you had ideas already in the comic is since it starts sort of at the end of the character's journey there's so much like world building and places that we hear about, we don't get to see, uh, but I think that's so cool and so interesting that you were able to sort of build out this whole world outside of what we see in the game. 
And yeah, I was hoping you could tell me a little bit more about that, Yeah, like your process in creating that that. was that was just something that I, I thought about even for uh, the prologue, where um, so uh, so so when it comes to world building, that was at the beginning very hard for me to figure out how to do the world building uh, for for this world, uh, and I was watching, um, God, what's his name. Brendan Sanderson's, who who is uh, a famous fantasy writer, uh, and he often does classes about uh, how to write, how to do world building, especially. And uh, he had it, it's on YouTube. You can find his classes on YouTube for free. It's really great. And so his approach on world building uh, was really simple because it was pretty much uh, find. like culture especially like the culture of the world is find three pieces of culture uh that really interest you and really work on those really deeply and then and then it kind of becomes a hollow iceberg because you're gonna think you're gonna show that you have thought about those three pieces really deeply and it makes people think that you have thought about everything else really deeply when that is not the case Mm. <laughs> wow. uh and so and so for me uh if i remember Uh, the the parts that I really try to focus on were uh, the the fashion to a certain extent, like how how do people dress themselves? How do they accessorize? What it, like, is are there any meanings to the clothes and the accessories that they are uh, wearing? Like the earrings, like the whole earrings um, thing in the in the game. Um, the uh, the magic. How do they think about the magic? How is it related to the way that they think about the world? Uh, religion, of course, was a really big part of it. What do, you, uh, what does the the country where it's taking place? What do they believe in? And is it any different than the way that other people in this world, uh, like their religion in other uh, in other countries? And so you have uh, those three important. important religions in the game and how they would kind of clash with each other sometime, how they would interact with each other. And another one uh, was um, curse words, uh, because that was, I... I, that was one thing that I was really wondering about. Like, should I should I make my characters curse? And how? And if I do, how is that going to impact maybe the way that people view the game? Uh, because I, I I have kind of it's not something that happened in my childhood that happened to me as a young adult, but it's still a core formative memory that I I made a comic uh, that had some swear words in it, uh, and uh, and I, I shared it with some of my colleagues at work. And one of them had a child and uh, my comic is, was pretty um, childish. Like it could have been for kids if I didn't have those swear words in there. And so she sent me an email back saying, oh, I would have wanted to send it to my kid, but there's a lot of swear words in there. And I was like, oh my God, there is a lot of swear words. Like, you know, especially when you're a young adult. Uh, like at, at least that was for me you swear a lot like you say shit a lot you say fuck a lot and then you don't realize that it, it, if you are among people that don't curse that this is really something that the that really they do not accept um and that really puts them off like that they don't that they don't like and i was like that was i think that was my my main realization but i was like oh god 
cursing is bad. <laughs> and so that was something when I was thinking about the game, I was like, okay, well, I don't want to put swear words in there, but then how do you, uh, maybe that should be like a main part of this universe is maybe they have curse words that are completely different than ours. And so that made me like, that made me go on the whole, uh, on the whole, on the, on the rabbit hole where I was like, all right, how, like, how do we think about swears in our society and, uh, how and so I kind of was analyzing okay well apparently even in other language like in English but even in other languages like the big the big main swears are things that have to do with bodily fluids or even any kind of like like you know shit and yeah yeah and all that kind of stuff has to do with um having sex and has to do with uh derogatory terms for women those are the three mm. things and i was like all right that's gonna be my challenge how to create curse words that don't have anything to do with the three of these uh and so uh, i came up with the idea of like so the, the the game has um the country in the game has this religion that's all around change and i thought it would have been funny for them to think of crab as a swear word because there was a whole meme and thing on Tumblr where it's like, oh, did you know that crabs, that a lot of animals evolved to become crabs? And so, uh, like, and and I thought that was fascinating and I felt like that maybe mm -hmm. this religion that's all about change would watch those, a bunch of different animals evolve into crabs and go, this is not changed. They are not they're yeah. evolving into the same thing. That is so scary. And so I thought that was just hilarious. So I put it in there. Uh, and then great. a lot of and then a lot of people were like, yeah, crab, I get it, just like crap. And I was like, oh, I didn't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I did not realize, but I'm gonna take credit for that. Yeah, I meant to do that. A hundred percent that was on purpose. Um and so yeah, that was a, a big thing that I wanted to to uh, show with the, with this world and and to make it more alive is uh, swear words, uh, religion, um, uh, fashion, and all of that stuff, and then really think a lot in, uh, of that and how, like you know, how this religion would affect the way that people talk, the way that people think, and so if you think really deeply about all of those things and how we, they would affect like. Uh, uh, the economy, the culture, the arts, uh, then just by figuring three of those out, you're going to have a pretty solid uh, world building out of that. And it probably will give you other ideas when it comes to to other stuff as well. Uh, so that was that was really fun. I, I had a, uh, when I when that clicked for me, I was like, oh, yeah, there you go. This is <laughs> this is the best. I can just give people the impression that I thought about it a lot, which I did, but way less than they might have thought. <laughs> that's great i had no idea yes uh, and i mean something you touched on is just like how people will interpret stuff differently than you had in your head the uh, usually good sometimes bad yes but, mm -hmm. uh, i think i'm one of the things that's been really cool about your work is you've gotten such an outpouring of fan creations oh my god uh, fan yes. art fan fiction mm. and so what has it been like for you sort of seeing people have different takes on what you've made? That, um, I, I love it, first of all. Uh, and that was something that I figured would happen just because of the response to the prologue already, mm. that people 
like I, I when I was making the prologue, I was like, I'm gonna put some little hints as what's gonna happen in the next game, and we'll see if people get them or if they don't. And so when we started, like when we had made the Discord channel for the game, uh, like a, maybe six months after, like or a year maybe after the prologue came out, a lot of people went to the Discord and were talking a lot about their fan theories about mm. what was going to happen. And so that was just delightful to see because some of them really got where I was going. Oh. And that made, that made me a little worried, honestly. I was <laughs> like, oh, oh, no, I made it too obvious. Uh, but they were still not 100% sure, so that was fine. Um, and and then some, some other theories were completely off base. And I was like, you know what? That is still really fun because they are yeah uh reacting and relating to it and so seeing the way that they reacted to the prologue i was like oh for for sure it, it, i'm pretty sure that when the full game comes out people like hopefully are going to make a lot of fan works and mm -hmm. uh I, as a fan myself who has done a lot of fan works in my time um i am pretty aware of how uh things can go as an as an uh as a creator when you you can see uh your uh that that I, as a fan when i'm really into something the characters become mine mm. and i i go okay well i know the the author said this but i think that's stupid and so they are really like this in my heart <laughs> and uh and i knew that this was going to happen with my own characters which was going to be a whole nother thing uh and uh so i since i knew that was going to happen I, I i really thought a lot about this where i was like is that okay with me and and, and you know it's just like getting used like I, I am used to it now where it's like you know what you know what uh, like you you were you guys are saying this thing about this character that is not at all what I meant to put in there but you are having fun and that's really the main thing and uh yeah so that was uh I I I am really happy that people do that but I do want to say also for people that maybe are going to be in the same situation as me one day that you have to do the work for yourself mm. to tell yourself am I okay with this and you have to be okay with it because otherwise it just it just makes for like it would just make for a fandom where people are afraid to share mm. their thoughts about the characters and and that is that is my favorite part about fandom is just seeing other people's interpretations of the characters as a fan that is just so fascinating to me uh and i i wouldn't i wouldn't want people like i wouldn't have wanted people to be like well the offer seems kind of like like a little hesitant about us making stuff so i guess we shouldn't and it's like no i do want to see the fun and i want to see like what you guys are thinking mm -hmm. even though sometimes like the the, the what, what people are saying is like oh that's not true then i i will never say <laughs> what what i think is not true because i generally i do want people to have fun yeah. like in in the end if people are having fun even if it doesn't go with my vision of things uh that doesn't make their vision less real in their eyes so uh so i want people to have fun even if sometimes i'm like that's stupid you shouldn't listen to me when i say that's stupid i will never say it but you shouldn't if you have an idea and you're like i wonder if the offer says it's stupid maybe still make it you still yeah. gotta make it <laughs> don't worry about me that's my problem <laughs>
So as an author, you should, you know, these characters are your babies, but you have to let them be other people's babies too. Exactly. Like that, that was kind of how I was feeling when I, for the release is that it's like, oh my God, I, I, my baby is born and immediately has to go to college. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even have time to be like, that's my baby. And people look at my baby. Everyone is like, immediately everyone's like, I think your baby is like this. And it's like, is, is, is it? Okay. <laughs> okay uh so that's that's just like i i need to let my baby spread its wings it mm. is not mine anymore it is of me but it is not mine <laughs> right so on another topic how did your animation background factor into making the game not really uh well you know I, there there are some animations in, in the game so i i feel like mm -hmm. that was definitely uh, a part of it like just oh okay if i'm gonna make this character move uh really need to think about the 12 principles gonna think about that squash and stretch um but otherwise uh i feel like my experience in making comics and illustrations has been way more um impactful on on the game uh just because uh because that was something that I was wondering about when I was making the game. Like, will I add animations to it? And I was like, I think I would die <laughs> if I had to animate. Like, because I was thinking maybe I should animate the 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 enemies. That is something that I can do is animate mm -hmm. the enemies. And I was like, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I want to do that. Uh, that would take so much time. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to my comics experience, um, when you make a lot of comics after some time, well, or even just illustrations or art in general, after some time, you start to to figure out your own shortcuts for uh, for drawing. It's like, oh, I could draw this nose really, really detailed, or I could just do one line, or even in 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 certain times case, not draw noses at all, uh, and or like, oh, well, I could add, like, I I could draw a background for every single one of those panels or I could just draw it once and people will figure out where they are based on that first panel uh, and so knowing that there, there are shortcuts at my disposal in arts and in comics uh, allowed me I feel like to to figure out faster that hey maybe I should look for what shortcuts I can have uh, in RPG maker or in game design in general to make it easier for me uh, to, 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 to not burn out. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's definitely like a power of suggestion there, I feel like, with uh, even just a lot of the static character poses in the game. They're so expressive that it feels like it's animated, even though it's not. Yes. And so that was something for the portraits. There's a lot of portraits in this game. If I remember correctly, I think there's 417 portraits or wow. something uh and so uh that is also due to my comics background um and uh and so that's why I made sure that when I was figuring out the the, the different poses the different portraits that I think for example for Sifrin uh Sifrin has maybe six um base poses uh, that they can use and then after that it's just changing the face so that's one mm. of those shortcuts where it's like I just need to draw six poses and then just draw the different faces and then that's it uh, and, and not because uh, I was talking with a friend um, 
I think it was last year, who was thinking about making a game, uh, a visual novel, and was like, yeah, how did you do it for the uh, for the portraits? Because I feel like that's going to take so much time to draw every single pose. And I was like, are you insane? <laughs> you don't need to. You just draw it once and then you just change the expressions. And he was like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> like genuine realization that you don't need to draw every single pose. Like you don't need to make every pose so different from the other. Like and even for some of those poses, if I remember, like for for Maribel in particular, there's a lot of poses that she has with just the same base pose, but her shoulders are maybe a little more raised if she's afraid and like putting herself in a ball type thing, or like the show the shoulders are lowered if she's like very surprised about something. It's like that, yeah, that stretched out uh, pose. Um, so yeah, sometimes it it can be just doing like drawing one pose and then just moving the, the pieces mm. <laughs> around to make another pose without necessarily having to redraw the whole thing. Yeah. Now that I think about it, like persona will do that a lot where you have the character portrait. Yes. And, I mean like the head and the, the body is all the same, but it's just the yeah. mouth or the eyes or yeah, pers Persona 5. Persona 5 in yes. particular, I think uh, that most of the characters only have one pose that's used for pretty much everything. And then they have one surprised pose. Mm -hmm. And then that's it. Uh, they they don't... And then for Persona 3, I think, and, and 4, like it's just the, the same pose every time. Right. Um, so yeah, it's just... You, you don't really have to draw as much as people might think you are, is just finding the, the tricks to make people think that things are moving, even though you haven't drawn that much. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so you touched on playtesting a little earlier, and something I was curious about was, I mean, obviously there's playtesting from the game perspective, but also from the storytelling perspective. How do you sort of get a sense of, are the emotional beats I'm writing resonating uh just writing a lot and making a ton of notes like just general notes of like okay this is what's different uh what's different state of mind is for this specific moment and then um for another act this is what their state of mind is and this is how like this is the moment where they, their frame of mind changes from this to this uh those are the hints and this is where like two, two things that are going to happen later and this is where i should add them so that to to kind of put some uh, some some sprinkles for people to find out later um and then after that like after doing all of that work of of, of planning everything ahead of time um i did ask uh like a dozen friends to be like, all right, send, sign that NDA, please. Thank you so much. And now can you play the game and tell me what you think? Uh, and can you tell me like, what would be like, just asking them a lot of questions like, okay, where are you in the game? Uh, what do you think is happening right now? Uh, where do you think the story is going? Uh, what are things that you feel like are a little vague or maybe that you're not getting or uh, that are making you confused? Uh, and also telling them, please, you have to live tweet to me. Like mm. t every time you're playing and you have a thought, you need to send this to me. 
If I imagine that I am standing right next to you and every 10 seconds I'm asking you, so what do you think? <laughs> and you have to tell me what you think. Uh, and so for some of them, they were like, I'm just going to tell you like every every two and every two months, I'm going to tell you where I'm at. I'm like, that's fine. But I did get a lot of friends that were like, all right, this is my 50 pages of notes as wow. I was playing and I was like okay thank god <laughs> this is exactly what I wanted um and so that that was really 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 useful uh to have um all of that data pretty much mm -hmm. of uh what uh yeah wh where do we do we think the story is going what are hints that I have given that they are really understanding and what are other hints that have completely gone above their head um and uh, and what do they think about a certain moment? Uh, what did you what did you feel during this scene? Are there scenes that you thought were real were actually like that I portrayed as serious, but you thought it was really funny? Or did, are there scenes that I portrayed as really funny, but you thought that was really heartbreaking and sad? Um, and, and sometimes it's fine. I feel like it is also fascinating when some scenes that people are like this is the most horrifying thing i've ever seen and for other people it's like this is really funny mm -hmm. um because i i do it like i feel like that is the case with a lot of tragedies which i kind of see this game as being for like a, a lot of the a lot of the playtime this is a tragedy um but sometimes when you are experiencing a tragedy like that you're experiencing a story that is about a tragedy it just ends up being really funny. Mm. And and that doesn't mean that it is not entertaining because it is, uh, but sometimes you have to, to find that right. Um, how, how, like, when does it become so funny that it, the whole story is ruined or when does it become so dramatic that the story is ruined as well? So trying to figure out the right middle ground for, for those feelings, like, yeah, it's fine if you think it's funny, but also not too much <laughs> right did i make it too funny without meaning to yeah i've definitely had that experience where i've gone with like a friend or a family member to see a movie and i've come out of the movie thing oh that was so sad and then the other person will be like what do you mean that was hilarious yeah and, and i feel like sometimes it adds to the movie or it adds to the story mm -hmm. and sometimes it's like all right, that that creator did not know how to tell the story that they wanted to tell, and that kind of makes it worse. So it's really yeah. about like, all right, hopefully it's gonna be in the that added to it, like sweet and sour. Yes, good <laughs> for sure. And I, a question I've had for you is, mm -hmm. uh, if you yourself were caught in a time loop, what would you do? Uh, I feel like I would find a way to to prove it with, to someone else without the shadow of a doubt. Like, honestly, just be, like, when are we talking here? Are we talking, I'm finding myself in the time loop before, before I had made the game or now that I have made the game? Because I feel like those, <laughs> the answer would be really different if it was like... Oh, tell me about uh, Yeah. Because like now I'm like, all right, I get it. Someone is doing this as a as a prank because I made a game about time loops. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not gonna fall into the same uh, the same traps as Sifrin did. I have right. learned. I've made. A, I know what the I know what the traps are. I'm not gonna fall into them. Uh, but if I if I if it was before I made the game, I would have probably made the exact same mistakes as Sifrin. <laughs> 
just like this is my problem i'm not gonna tell anyone <laughs> no one would understand uh so that I, I i would not have dealt with it well and and i feel like now it would be like you know what I did it as a game. That's going to be just fine. And it would probably be really funny if uh, if that was, <laughs> if maybe it was a time loop where the yeah. solution would not be the same as the game. The rules are not the same at all. I'm like, you know what? It's fine if like I die because I can come back. And it's like, oops. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that was the kind of time loop where if you die, you don't come back. Mm. No. <laughs> so that, that would be, right. I, I feel like that would be funny. if like, ah, yeah, I know the rules exactly because I made a game about this. No. Oh, no. That was the trap. That was actually yeah. the trap. <laughs> you thought you knew, but you didn't. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, I, mean, I know this is jumping around a lot, but <laughs> one of my favorite things about In Stars and Time is it's such a simple thing, but the way at the end of every battle, it's like you take a deep breath. Yeah, and you breathe just, out. Yeah, yes. breathing in and out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's just something I'll instinctually do playing the game. I'm like, oh my god, I feel so relaxed. I'm, I'm so glad. Like, I I have gotten a couple people that that uh, send me a message saying thank you so much for adding that in because it does it does help me breathe, remember to breathe, and like yeah. like get get those that tension out. Uh, and and it's because in that was something that I did a lot during the pandemic uh, because I, uh, uh, I I was diagnosed with anxiety at the time and I didn't mm. know it. Like, I didn't know it before. I had anxiety, but I didn't know it. And I was like, you know what? Breathing helps me a lot. And I don't know why. It must be a normal thing. It's like, no, baby, you have anxiety. <laughs> no, baby, sweet girl, you have anxiety. That's why. That's why you got to breathe out and also see a doctor. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I feel like it is such a... Yeah, a, a nice way to to calm yourself down. Just have to remember that that thing, and and also maybe realizing just like Sifrin that if if breathing in and out doesn't help you anymore, maybe you should go see someone about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I am so glad that it is helping people out in some way. Um, that that the game in general seems to be. Uh, helping people after they go through like the the horrible uh, sadness of the whole thing um but yeah one of my favorite reviews of the game on steam and and I, I still don't know if it meant it as a joke or if it meant it genuinely and I feel like both work but someone said uh this game made me realize I need to go see a therapist huh. and I'm like oh my god that is so funny and so heartbreaking and so like heartwarming also yeah. but it's, that that Potentially, my game could make people realize that, oh, I need to take care of like my, my mental health more than I have been so far because I am not okay. Like, I'm just so, so, yeah, I'm, I feel so wonderful about that, that, that games are arts, games are arts, games can Absolutely. help people. It's so, it's so wonderful. I'm so happy about this and I'm, I'm helping people in some way. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I was diagnosed with anxiety a few years ago and my therapist was always like, you know, you need to do your mindfulness mm -hmm. uh, meditation <laughs> and breathing. Yep. And yeah. I mean, oftentimes I forget to. So it was so great to yeah. just have that reminder. <laughs> and I feel like the first time that you hear someone say something like that, where it's like, you should do your mindful exercises and breathe in and out. And you're like, how does, like, I don't think breathing is going to help me. Yeah. It, 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 but it does. Yeah. <laughs> it really, it really does. For sure. Uh, 
So that was all the questions I had lined up for you, Adrian. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, I, I'm gonna do my my whole thing. You, the, the game in Stars in Time is on uh, Steam. It's on Nintendo Switch. It's on PlayStation Four and Five. And uh, I don't know when this episode is gonna come out. Oh well, before the end of the year. So that should be yeah. Fine. Um, I think, yeah, yeah. So we have a um. A makeshift campaign right now where you can get a Sifrin plushie. Uh, and we also have a Yeetie campaign going on right now where you can buy a um uh in stars in time t-shirt and in stars in time stickers. So you should get on that cool merch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh so then I have to ask: this is the Pixel Pizza podcast. Adrian Vizier. Where is your favorite pizza place? Uh oh my god, my favorite one is in Toronto and now now that I moved a little bit away, I can't go there anymore. Oh. But there's a pizza place in Toronto. I can't remember the name of it right now. Liberty Pizza maybe. Uh but it does some uh, a um uh, a Detroit style pizza like mm -hmm. that a rectangular really thick pizza uh, that that has like the uh yeah it is is just absolutely delicious it feels like cake almost mm -hmm. <laughs> and like a salty cake which is so good um it, like bread that's how it feels actually more <laughs> like cake is bread uh yeah. but and they they use um I, I never know how to say this ndaja sausage uh and that is it's just so wonderful, like a Detroit pizza style, so thick and 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 wonderful, uh, with some Dodger sausage, uh, and and so so many things in it. I used to order it all the time before I was like, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna gain so much weight. I should maybe right. stop. But yeah, it's absolutely delicious. Uh, I feel like every time a place has Detroit style pizza, I'm like, yeah, I need it right now. <laughs> right now is i need it right now detroit mm. pizza is the best type of pizza to me uh, have you been to detroit yet i have not oh. I, I might honestly i do have some friends living there but you know who cares about friends i might just go to yeah. detroit for the pizza and then the friends seconds <laughs> right yeah just fly over get some pizza leave bye bye yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry i was right there but i didn't say hello i just wanted some pizza I'm so sorry. <laughs> perfect so you touched on this a little earlier, but where can people find out more about you and your work? Yeah, uh, so the game is on a bunch of consoles uh, and uh, you can find me at insert disc five, uh, disc with a C, five is the number. Uh, and you can find me there on like uh, X, formerly Twitter, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Instagram, Tumblr, uh, co-host, uh, Blue Sky, when I remember it exists. Uh, and uh, you can also find my website at uh, www.insertdisc5.com. Awesome. Uh, well, I have, I have one more question, of course. I, I always love to ask, origin of username. Where does Insert Disc 5 come from? Oh, my God. So, uh, <laughs> It's kind of silly, but when I finished high school, uh, again, I was very much into video games. So I made a joke on, on social media about me taking a CD and the CD had 
disc two on it, which was like, I finished high school, I'm entering life disc mm. two. Uh, and so insert disc two was my uh, handle for, for a while. And then I ended up making a bunch of uh, side blogs on Tumblr and insert disc five was my art one. And so there we go. <laughs> <laughs> is because insert disc five oh, okay. that was the yeah that was the the, fi the fifth one the fifth disc uh and and a lot of people think that it's either um a final fantasy reference or a homestuck reference and it's like no i'm sorry i'm not i'm not that nerdy but oh. thank you <laughs> i'm not nerdy like that but thank you <laughs> okay i i would have thought final fantasy but no <laughs> but but but, but yeah, I, yeah that is absolutely under sure. i feel like that's more that's understandable that people think this is a tile fancy reference yeah <laughs> definitely okay so that about wraps things up thank you so much again for joining me adrian yeah thank you for having me absolutely so now we are gonna end the show and the year with one last track from our chiptune artist this week Mabicio, and that is called Miyamura. So enjoy that. We'll see you before you know it.